Hello and welcome to the Workplace Experience Podcast, proudly brought to you by Workplace Services Australia, your leading workplace strategy, change management and workplace services partner. My name is Brian Williams. I'm the Director of Strategic Special Services for a number of clients across the public and private sectors in Australia. In this episode, I want to focus on how we can get the workplace to transform post-pandemic one-dimensional thinking into having three-dimensional doers back and engaged, not just at work, but in society. Are you wondering where the common sense has gone, where the finishers have gone, the people that physically finish a project, task or activity they started? It's not just management wondering about this, it's your peers and your colleagues as well. Are you wondering where the common sense has gone, where the finishers have gone, the people that physically finish the project, the task or activity they started. And it's not just management wondering about this, it's your peers and your colleagues as well. Where has the thought process come from that you're just making up the numbers, that your output is not critically important to your team and to your organisation, that it doesn't matter if you're an individual contributor or senior manager. In 2024, this needs to be the year that we make this right. Are you aware of what is happening around you? I'm sorry to say that so many people seem to have lost their three-dimensional thinking ability in all facets of their lives. Many people blame the workplace for one-dimensional thinking. In some cases, it certainly contributes to the problem. It's important that the workplace has a variety of settings, places that allow you to do focus work, places that allow you to collaborate, and places that allow you to consider. Don't underestimate the need to have time for quiet and thoughtful consideration. The workplace needs to be flexible where people are educated and understand the best locations to do a specific task. The thinking locations, the doing locations and the sharing locations. The outcome of the consideration thinking and how it is shared is also important. No one person has all the answers. It is concerning that since the pandemic, we appear to have lost the understanding of the importance of people working in a team and developing real business relationships, which are formed by personal connection and consideration between people. Having a 100% virtual relationship does not create that connection. A person you only know virtually often sees people consider that person more like a commodity not a real person with a heartbeat, feelings and real ability. It also has an impact on people's three-dimensional thinking, on the quality of our decisions and what impact our decisions have on our peers, management and our employer. This also applies to our employer and senior leadership and how their decisions have an impact on their employees. It is a two-way street. No matter if you're an individual contributor or in a management position, people need to be protected from themselves, not thinking three-dimensionally when making decisions. People tend to make bad decisions when left to their own devices. When I was flying out of Melbourne at the end of last week, 
I looked across the tarmac to see an Air New Zealand aircraft, a new, bright and shining aircraft. This airline is predominantly government-owned. Reinvestment and business development is not competing as aggressively with delivering shareholders' returns. You compare this to the embattled spirit of Australia, which some people could say has been raped and pillaged for over a decade in the interest of shareholder and shareholder returns. There is little or no meat left on the bones of the flying skeleton. It's time for the organisations to put their people in front of shareholders. This issue of return on investment also applies to government at all levels, local, state and federal government. Don't let your strategic thinking be influenced by clickbait articles or social media posts from world experts. The world experts are predominantly one-dimensional thinkers with no moral compass or expertise. It's all about the now. They have no idea on how a functioning workplace and an emerging environment improves collaboration, productivity, staff retention and better value for money for either the rate or taxpayers. The social media trolls and authors of the clickbait media will be gone in 30 seconds. Your thought-out strategy and your people will not be gone. Can your workplace deliver these outcomes as it is today? If it can't, don't be afraid. Let's address the elephant in the room. Does your workplace represent a progressive, inclusive and productive place to be? Is it enticing enough to encourage employees back to the office and also protect them from the negative impact on their individual careers as a result of working from home five days a week? Does it provide all the facilities and amenities required by your organisation's people in the post-pandemic world of work? Let's face it, the office now needs to compete with alternative places where people can work. It's not just about competing with people deciding to work from home. How does your workplace feel as you walk into it? Does it feel depressing or does it make you feel excited? Does it make you feel like you're home? Let's face it. Prior to the pandemic, the office was the place that we spent most of the time when we were awake. Is your workplace the same as it was pre-COVID? Are the amenities spatially aware? Many workplace fit-outs were butchered over time to meet the immediate demands of the business before the pandemic. Alternative spaces to work always came a long way second to more workstations. The perceived bums-on-seats principle. That can be satisfied with more than just a workstation solution. Now, let's move on and talk about how we can encourage people back into the office. A directive from management just to return to the office will not do it. All organisations should be using their workplace investment to assist in making the office the preferred location to work. But also, this will stop people thinking one-dimensionally. Working from home creates great isolation. Living your life via other people's or your own Instagram or Facebook posts just fuels that one-dimensional thinking and emotional isolation. The thought process of the workplace strategy over the last 10 years has fundamentally not changed, but it has become competitive for the office to be that preferred location to work. The workplace in the office needs to make people feel that they're a part of a community, 
not just within their own team, but across the entire organisation. People need to feel safe, comfortable and wanted. Employers should also be considering offering refresher and first-time training on how to use the tools in the office, like AV or video conferencing, to make people feel that they can work smarter, not harder. Don't underestimate the value in this change management and education investment. The return on investment here is significant, but it will not be seen or can be measured until well after the event. In 2014, I remember I was involved in a major New South Wales government workplace project. The project saw 1,200 staff transition from fixed desks to an agile workplace with team neighbourhoods, quiet rooms, pocket parks, and traditional meeting spaces, as well as the traditional workstation. The design was progressive, many say before its time. There was plenty of activity-based working projects that had already been rolled out across Australia, but never with a real focus on providing such a variety of work settings that could facilitate completing a particular task or activity. The internal project designer was a leader in understanding that the facilities that made up a successful agile workplace was really based around the variety of those settings. She was an amazing designer, but her communication skills needed significant support. These issues were overcome by putting an experienced change management team in place to coordinate that transition and transformation for the organisation from fixed desks to an agile environment. One of the key deliverables of the change team was to educate employees around the workplace design and fit out. What settings were best to be used for what activity or task, but more importantly, why? It was not just a location change, but that was only a minor part. It was the workplace environment and process change that were the two main drivers of this office transformation. Remember, a day in the life of an occupier assists in identifying any shortcomings in the design and also identifies operational hurdles that need to be overcome. These hurdles or shortcomings can only be resolved by three-dimensional thinkers, not afraid to think about the process of an activity and adopting an inclusive way of engaging with their peers, employees or clients that also makes those people think three-dimensionally. And indirectly, they collectively solution the problems, the issues, the challenges or the shortcomings. Let's not forget your workplace design is driven by business needs, not wants. It needs to be scoped based on requirements. This is what makes a successful office and workplace that employees prefer to use. The choice of furniture needs to be functional and meet those needs of the business or individuals. The same principle applies to your technology solution. Remember, it's meeting the business needs, not the other way around. The clients that reverse engineer their workplace using furniture or technology as the basis of their workplace design decisions rarely have a successful workplace. It might appear to be smart using existing or pre-purchased assets, but will it really work for you? Or are there sacrifices that are being made to make it work? If the latter is the case, then the chances are that your workplace will not work. 
Your asset and facilities manager needs to have the skills to be appreciated by the people in your organisation as a subject matter expert for all things workplace and facilities. Their historical technical know-how is now being coupled with the ability to educate, navigate and manage other key stakeholders and individuals within the organisation, including HR, senior leadership and even the CFO in developing their strategy on refreshing the office and the overall flexible working model for that organisation, which is centred around the office as a work location of choice. Last week, I took a bit of a swipe at our HR folks. It's nothing personal, guys, but we often see HR leaders who know how to recruit the right person, manage their career development, and at times work with them and manage a person who wishes to leave the organisation for a variety of reasons. They are often subject matter experts when it comes to learning and development and how to foster, manage, and often reset workplace culture. All of these skills are key in making the office a key part of your flexible working model. However, these experts often overlook one of the biggest assets that they have in their kit of parts, the office. This oversight is not intentional. It often comes from a lack of understanding and knowledge, or that the office is at the moment not trendy, or the environment doesn't meet the needs of the people. So, FMs, it's time to partner with the HR guys and make them shine. In this case, everyone will be a winner. So this week, who can the facilities or asset manager assist to look like a superstar? Well, I'm going to say it, the CFO. What the CFO needs from the workplace is often significantly different to the people managers or the individual contributors. It's time people acted as leaders take a strategic long-term view of what is good for the organisation instead of immediate cost savings and profit for shareholders, ratepayers or taxpayers. The approach of putting their people first will yield greater returns for the organisation. It's also how real three-dimensional thinking leaders will lead an organisation successfully. Well, I don't believe it, we're out of time. TWEP is proudly brought to you by our sponsor, Workplace Services Australia. Your experienced workplace strategy, change management, workplace development and workplace culture partner. Thank you for joining us for episode 16. Please see the show notes below and leave your feedback or subscribe. The way it is today, Friday, the 17th of November, 2023. This has been the TWEP. I am Bly Williams and thanks for joining us.